Mic. Okay. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Okay, everything's weird tonight, including my microphone. <laughs> but you know, you can, you won't die. Uh, children, you are dismissed to your Sunday school class, and the teachers. Thank you very much for your help. Um, if I can please have Dustin here. Is Dustin here? Or John John, can you help me with my display here? <laughs> Apple had an update and they took a button out, I think. <laughs> Without telling me. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to keep it on for a while, but the display thing's not here anywhere. Sorry, folks. I should have gone to PC, but John's thinking right now. <laughs> there was a bulb there. Yeah. There's Dustin. Jamie, where's Dustin? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. It's okay. I'll, I'll I'll deal with it. Like, thanks, John. John, thank you. Okay, folks. I'm sorry about that. Thought um, we'd be able to cha uh, change it, but not able to. Um, I entitled our message tonight "Absolute Power." If you can go to your Bibles or your devices and please type in Ephesians chapter one, verse nineteen to twenty-one. That's what I'm going to be reading. He reads here, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly, in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in, the, in that which is to come. Please join me in the word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you once again for another day to praise and worship you in this building and online with the people that you have chosen for us to be a part of, Lord God. We thank you for the songs that prepared our hearts and our minds to meet you and your message for us this evening. We humbly ask you once again, Lord God, to teach us Teach us and guide us through your Holy Spirit. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord God, in order for us to see you and understand and accept whatever it is that you are trying to tell us. Forgive us, Lord God, for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, hinder you from hearing our prayers. Please, Father, bless my preparations. I surrender it over to you. My desire, Lord God, is that you and you alone speak to your people. Just use me as your vessel. Give me wisdom, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Again, I entitled our message, Absolute Power. So there's this movie by Clint Eastwood, long time ago. And he is, the title was Absolute Power. It's, very, it, it's like political. Um, when you think about absolute, the word absolute means it's perfect. The adjective, the synonym of it is perfect. There, it's viewed or existing independently and not in the relation to other things. Um, the noun of, of absolute is, the, the meaning is a value or principle which is regarded as universally valid or which may be viewed without relation to other things. It stands alone, basically. Good and evil, an example is good and evil are, pres are presented as absolutes. Something that exists without being dependent on anything else. And then, you know, this is from Miriam Dictionary, and they have the noun of the absolute as this. It's the ultimate reality, and they have God. Imagine, somehow the world conceded that the word absolute is synonymous to God. And then here, um, and then the power. Sorry, that's maybe too, too strong, huh? I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> the, the Greek word for, for power is dunamis, dunamis. It means miraculous power or ability or abundance. And it's, it, the meaning is mightily, and it's about miracle, power, strength, and then mighty work. And in the meaning of power, is, 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 it just says strength and ability, inherent power, residing in a thing by virtue or if it's by nature. So when you say absolute power, absolute power, it's a complete... It's completely strong. It's utterly strong. There's no match to it. Absolute power means absolutely powerful. And that is what we just read. If you missed it, it says there in Ephesians. Oh, I have to turn this on. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Us, the people that have surrendered their lives to Jesus and have accepted him as Lord. The exceeding greatness of God is for you. It's for us. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. And I realize, I realize this is not a Resurrection Sunday message. Right? This is not Resurrection Sunday. So I'm going to try to avoid to make it about the resurrection, although that is what it's speaking about. But we have to, we have to know as Christians that who, who is this God? Like that's, that's what we try to do every Sunday, right? Or every time you read your Bible. You want to know more of God, the person that you have surrendered your life to, the person that you rely on. And, and now we're going to be talking tonight, we're going to be talking about his absolute power. His absolute power. You know, throughout the centuries, absolute power is what certain individuals or groups or nations try to attain in this world. Many centuries, right? 
which the which the full and true definition of absolute power is this for us men is we want to be like God or a God. A person who wants absolute power wants to dictate, wants to dominate, and wants to be the one in control. Absolute power. Many centuries now, up to now, certain individuals or certain groups are trying to get that. Now, this in many ways is the struggle of man. This is the root of our sin. This is the first sin that has ever been committed in the garden. And it up to now, that is the sin. What's that sin? Is to be like God. Man, innately, we want to be the God of our lives. We don't want God to tell us who to date. We don't want God to tell us how to spend our money. We don't want God to tell us how to live our lives. Innately, that is what man wants. We work for it, so we spend it the way we want it. She's good looking. doesn't matter if she's Christian. I don't care what the Bible says. Do not yoke with unbelievers. I don't care. She might be a Christian. I, might share my, I will share the gospel to her, and she will eventually become a Christian. Or vice versa. He will become a Christian. Now, to be God is to have absolute power. In the world of sports, when someone or a team dominates the, you know, dominates the sport, the trendy word right now is, is the GOAT. Right? They say, oh, he's the GOAT. They're the GOAT. Greatest of all time. But, you know, for a long time, it's about who the baseball gods are. Or he's a basketball god. Or he's a, you know, it was that word god. You know, in, in, in the rest of the world, not including America, the most popular sport is soccer. Soccer for us, football for them, right? Now, there are two dominating stars in that, in that sport. It's Leonardo Messi, uh, the Argentinian who plays for FC Barcelona, and there's this Portuguese player named Cristiano Ronaldo of Juventus FC. Now, you, you know, supposedly they exchange words, these two big stars. Now, Ronaldo told a reporter, he said, I truly believe that God sent me down to earth to teach people how to play soccer. That's what he said. That's what he said. And then the reporter told Messi about this comment, and they wanted Messi to give his comment. And this is Messi's reply. He said, don't be fooled. I don't remember sending him or anyone for that matter. I love it, you know, in sports, you, you know, we, because you've achieved a certain, certain achievement or goal or championship and money, you, you, you know, it's hard. It's hard for you not to think you are a god of that sport, right? Now, tonight, we have two points, the power of God, first point, and the second point, what this means. So, I'm going to try to behave myself. I'm really going to try to get this down in 45 minutes for you. Okay, but no promises. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. This is the first. We're going to start with the bad news. And this, in the scripture that we read in Ephesians 1, 19 to 21, we're going to start with the bad news. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in what that which is to come. Most of you probably don't even know what we're reading here. 
most of you probably know. I might be wrong, but this is what it means. Principality and power and dominion. This is really bugging me. Is, is, should we? <laughs> because the feedback's really strong. Should I just move it away? Okay. Okay. We start with the bad news. Every movie or book has a hero and a villain. And then the, the dramatic effect of the hero of the story is emphasized on how great the tragedy is and how powerful the villain is. Right? Now, and then how powerful the villain is and he, the villain makes the entire world for that movie or that book so grim and so depressing. Uh, all hope is lost. Everybody's in despair. There's a big confusion. There's chaos. There's pain and suffering all over the place, right? That's when you really want that hero of that movie or that book to really come through. But they will only come through if they are powerful, right? If they are, are, are they going to be as powerful as the villain or the bad guy? Or can they actually really outsmart the smart villain? Now here, Paul mentions the powers that be in this world. And it is good that we realize that this world is ran by Satan and his cronies. Maybe some of you are surprised, like, oh, what? I thought this is God's world. Well, you know, in Matthew 1.27, in Matthew 1.27, it says there that even the demons, they will respond to what Jesus says because Jesus has all authority. So Satan and his cronies, they have power up to a certain point, up until God allows them. Because that explains, if you realize that this world is ran by Satan, this is, that explains rape, right? That ex explains murder. That explains the coronavirus. <laughs> that explains elections. That are, I'll behave. You should explain everything. This, is, this should explain why the world is upside down. The principality, the dominion, and the power... Did you know that those are just fancy words to say that this is what the demons, the angelic beings that are running it. Now in this country, in certain states, including our state of Nevada, listen to this, this is why it's upside down. Abortion is legal. Divorce is legal. Gambling is legal. Prostitution is legal. And that's acceptable. Right? Abortion is legal, but now we're told that you can't have people at church more than 50. Right? Abortion is legal, but then if I tell you, that, how about we apply abortion to dogs? Deborah, this is just an example, okay? <laughs> what if... What if we all say, well, since abortion is legal and there's an uncontrollable amount or, or population of dogs right now, maybe we should start aborting dogs. You remember, remember what happened to Michael Vick? They threw him in jail because he was killing his, his, his dogs because they were fighting. And when they lose, he sh shoots them and kills them. 
But abortion's legal. Abortion's legal. Gambling's legal. Do you know how many divorces happened because of gambling? <laughs> Do you know how many kids didn't end up going to college because of gambling? But gambling's legal. In the casinos, I don't think there's a limit on people right now. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to apply it later on. Because, But the first establishment that was wide open, no limits, was the casinos. And then they took forever to allow churches to meet. Is the world upside down? Are we, is the world being ran by the principality and power and might and dominion that is against God? I don't know. Is it? If you agree and you think your, your politics and your faith doesn't apply together, think again next election. I really hope Christians, at least in this church, we will realize that everything about us, including our votes, depend on our faith. How? Okay, I said I'm going to be... I'm going to stick with my notes. Matthew 2, Matthew 2, 16. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Baby killings in the Bible. We, we gloss over this during Christmas time because we're so excited about our presents. We're so excited with the Christmas songs. We, 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 we just forget that Christianity is not for this. If you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus, Jesus was almost murdered. Well, it was never almost, but that's what they wanted to do. So, think about, again, it, it, does, it sounds so political because the politicians made this, they politicized this. It's, it's their fault to make this political. But this is what the Bible says. We don't want, as Christians, we don't want abortion. You should not want it. You should be against it. And you can't support anybody who supports it. In Exodus, remember Exodus? Pharaoh tells the midwives to kill all Hebrew baby boys. Remember the Moses in, in the basket? Moses in the basket? This was it. Same thing. Now, you as a Christian, folks, those of you who are there online, I hope you're not washing your dishes as you're listening to right now because you're not going to be able to hear me. But maybe you can always record it or rewind it. I'm hoping... I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you. As, I mean, if you have any respect for me as your pastor, as your pastor that, that, that reads his word and studies, I'm, I'm pleading with you. You have to look at everything about you. When you say you love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, all your mind, don't you think that includes your politics to be with it? Now, I'm not calling you, I'm not going to call you not a Christian if you are not voting for a certain platform. But what I'm calling out is you being a Christian to, very, to be very discerning, 
to become discerning and wise according to the word of God. It has to be according to the word of God. Everything that we do, including our votes, including how we spend our money, including who we support, including what we enjoy in our shows. You have to watch, when you're watching your Netflix shows, you really have to watch. You have to, to, to run that by the Lord too. Because it all starts there. The, the, in, the, the things that's being planted to us, if we understand that this world is being ran, this world is being ran by the devil, so we have to watch what we consume. Don't you agree? God was good to the midwives. Look at this. The midwives did not, they did not abort the baby boys, right? If he, I'm, I'm going to try to be quick here. They did not abort the baby boys. They rescued them. And God was good to the midwives. You see, folks, if you, do you know the sin of omission? Right? The sin of omission is you know something is wrong. You know a sin is being committed and you're not doing anything about it. That is what you're committing if you vote on something that supports abortion. Now folks, for those of you who are not happy with the results of the election, <laughs> let me just tell you that God is the one that you have pleased. Not yourselves. We are not to please ourselves anyway. We are to live to please God. And look at what he, if, if you do the right thing, look at, look at what we have here. God was good to the midwives, so the people increased in number and became very strong because the midwives feared God. He gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people to throw into the Nile every Hebrew boy that was born, but to let every girl live. Wow, this is so political. Absolute power. We're so worried about the coronavirus with the less than 3% mortality rate. But then, I don't know if I'm reading the right uh, information, but it says on when, what I was reading about abortion, 14% of women do it. 14% of women commit abortion. And it's funded by our money, our tax money, most of it. That's kind of heavy. If you're really serious with the Lord, that's heavy to swallow. Now, if you're just not serious with the Lord and you don't know your politics, you don't know what's going on, you want to be naive, you're, you're that ostrich. You know what ostrich do, right? When, when threat is coming, they dig a hole and then they stick their head down there hoping that the predator will go away. Now, if you're that kind of Christian, maybe you'll be okay. Maybe. If you just ignore it, if you just turn it off, sure, maybe. But you will not grow. You will not grow, and you are not pleasing God. Now the good news. I don't know if there's a good news, right? There is a good news. The good news is verse 19 and 20. 
and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Don't you really want to know how powerful God is? The God that you praise and you worship. I mean, we, do, we all have an idea, right? But we can't really get the full grasp of it because God's that powerful and we can even we can even make sense of it logically I mean resurrecting Jesus from the dead after three days that was a long time ago how is there anybody else who claimed that they resurrected from the dead wait 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 a lot of people look like they're dead and they're walking that's different we're talking about people that were resurrected from the dead Nobody, right? Only Jesus. Jesus is the one that resurrected from the dead after three days. That is our God. That is the God that we believe in. That is the God that we depend on. That is how powerful our God is. He raised himself from the dead after three days. Now the great Harry Houdini, guys, you guys know that, right? The great artist. He escapes everything. He does all these things. There was one time he wasn't able to escape. From They buried him. They locked him. He died. So the great Harry Houdini did not have a resurrection power. He's dead. After that, that sad event, he's dead. He's been dead. Napoleon Bonaparte. The guy who thought he was going to take over the world, rule the world, he's dead. He's in his grave. There's no accounts that he resurrected himself. Only Jesus. Now, if you find, a hard, if you find it hard to defend your faith with people, you point to the resurrection. It has been, they, they've tried for many centuries to discount God's resurrection, Jesus' resurrection, and they've never been successful. Because Jesus resurrected. That is our God, folks. That's how powerful God is. And I have a couple more examples of how powerful God is, but let me just share to you Muhammad Ali's story. I know I have a lot of sport uh, things today. Um, so Muhammad Ali was in on a plane, going to Africa for his big fight, the rumble in the jungle. They were going through a big turbulence, bad turbulence. The flight attendant went to Ali and they said, Mr. Ali, please put on your seatbelts. And then, you know, Ali, right? Very cocky, very arrogant. He says, Superman don't need no seatbelt. Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight attendant said, Superman don't need a plane either, so please put on your seatbelt. <laughs> you know, the hard thing is, Jesus answered and said, answered the Sadducees, and he said, you are mistaken not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Folks, 
You will always be mistaken in how you're going to live your life and how you're going to apply our faith in this life if you do not read your scriptures, if you do not study your scriptures. And if, because there's no way, there's no way for you to know. How are you supposed to know about how powerful God is, how holy God is, how gracious God is? Most of us, we just enjoy the grace part. Oh, it's crazy, save me. I'm going to make another stupid decision tonight, but, yeah, you know, God save me. He's gracious. What? God has, God's not powerful? God's not powerful? He's not giving you power to resist the temptation that you always fall into? You're denying that part of God because you want to enjoy yourself. You want to continue to indulge yourself in that sin. How many of the other major religions claim that their leader or teacher resurrected from the dead? No. Not many. Most of them, they're just prophets and great teachers. But only Jesus, only Jesus claimed that he is the Son of God and only Jesus with records, manuscripts, 273 manuscripts that proves of his birth his life, his death on the cross, and his resurrection. We, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, we are the believers of the living Jesus Christ. How about this? Remember this? This is, this is a review for many. But remember this, when God parted the Red Sea to rescue Israel for the most powerful country in the world at that time which is Egypt that is our God he parted the Red Sea so that the people can go through it his people and then he commanded it to go back down when it was the Egyptians that's how powerful our God is so what I don't what, what struggle are you going through what what's your struggle in life what is that big problem that you're facing? I get it. You know, my feet has been hurting. <laughs> it hurts. And I've been praying to God for, to, for him to take it away. And I'm, I'm really finding out that I'm, I'm a crybaby when it comes to pain, Pastor Charles. Sometimes God takes time to answer our prayers. Because if he can, you know, I was coding. He's like, Lord, if you parted the Red Sea, you can heal my feet. <laughs> so I was praying for healing. Because it was either gout or arthritis. Both are not good news. But you know, God answered my prayer. God answered Analu's prayer. It was neither. It still didn't take away the pain. But it was neither gout nor arthritis. I just need to wear more comfortable shoes. And look at this. Look at that part there. In, in, the, in verse 30, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Moses, which was one of the people, one of the baby boys that was supposed to be aborted. Do you see? That's why I'm going to go back to the abortion part. 
We kill you. You kill people during abortion. Potentially future leaders of the faith, like Moses. Moses was saved during the first day of his life because God was going to choose him to be the one to take his people out of Egypt and onto the promised land. Although he didn't make it to the promised land, but he was the guy that was assigned. That's the power of God. <laughs> how, about, how about Elijah? How about Elijah when he confronted the 450 prophets of, of Baal? Remember that story? These are all real accounts, folks. You know, because you're always on, we're always on our devices. We're always watching the news. We don't see God's power there anymore, right? Elections are being stolen. Rapes being done. Schools are going to be shut down. Things are going to happen. All these things are just happening. And we don't think, we feel like God has lost control of the world. But we have to remember, when you read the scriptures, again, this world is being ran by Satan and his cronies to a certain degree. But for us folks who, believe, who belong to Christ, nothing will happen to us unless God approves it. You can look at the, the account of Job. Everything that Satan wanted to do with Job, he had to run it by God first. And then if God allows a trial in our lives or a storm in our lives, it is because it what? It's Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. So if we trust our God, that he is good, that he is powerful, then come what may. Right? It's painful sometimes. It more painful than, than the usual. Verse 28 reads, So they cried aloud and cut themselves as, the, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was passed, and they prophesied until the time of the offering on the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. This is talking about the prophets of Baal. They were sincerely, because just a quick one, the, 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 Elijah challenged them to call on each other's God and then have the sacrifices burn from the sky, right? So he let these guys go first to burn one bull. Elijah took four bulls. They were sincere. You guys see it? They were sincere with their religion because they took a long time doing it until evening, they cut themselves. They hurt themselves. They sacrificed their bodies. They were sincere with their faith. But was it true? Were they worshiping the right God? Did their God answer their prayers, their sincere prayers? No. So this is the lesson here. It doesn't matter how sincere you are. Your sincerity has nothing to do with who your God is. It has everything to do with who your God is. Now for us folks, we believe, we believe in a true living God. That sometimes even our, even our cries and our prayers are answered, even without words. Correct? 
Because God knows our pain. And he responds to us accordingly. But here, the, the prophets of Baal, nothing. Nothing happened. But then when Elijah, when Elijah took the turn, he mocked them. I want to read this real fast. Let me see my time. Elijah, the prophet, prophet, came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Whenever God shows His power, it is to bring people to worship Him. It is to bring those people that have not surrendered to Him closer to him it is to encourage those people who have surrendered their lives to him and have believed him to encourage them and strengthen them our god is powerful our god is powerful you know it burned even though he asked them to put water dump water on them right and it still did god still burnt that sacrifice just to prove that he and he alone is the living God now what this means this is we're going to be quick on the second part in first Kings 18 21 and Elijah came to all the people and he said how long will you falter between two opinions if the Lord is God follow him but if Baal follow him this is when he challenged them so folks if you believe that our Lord is the God and the only true God, you need to live for Him. Stop playing around. If you have surrendered your life to Christ and have accepted Him as your Lord, that you had nothing to do with your salvation, but you need to show proof. You need to show proof of your salvation. Not because for you to add to your salvation, but so that you will bring people to Christ. Not serve as a stumbling block. In Colossians 2.12, it reads, For you were buried with Christ, and when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life, because you trusted the mighty power of God. Who raised him from the dead. Again, there's, there's that mighty power of God. Remember, when, for those of you who had your, have done your water baptism, the significance of it is that your old self died as you immerse your whole body into the water. Right? And I don't think, I don't think even if I kept you there for a minute, I don't think it would have really helped to really wash away the other old stuff but it's just a sig it's just significance right we die the old self dies and then we come back up the new has come you know 
Only God has absolute power, absolutely. And He is our God. And for those of us who have accepted the gift of salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus, we now belong to His family. And we can call Him Abba or Father. We are His inheritance. We are loved by Him. And He has made promises to us that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Now, how can you truly believe that promise if you think He's weak? How can, how can you take comfort in that verse that He will never leave us? I will never leave you nor forsake you. How can you take peace with that if you think, oh, God's really not powerful because Satan might beat Him? We don't say that. We never say that because we're scared to say it. But how we live, how we live, sometimes we just give in. Just, just look at your week. How many times did you compromise your faith versus standing up for God? How many times did you compromise your faith versus standing up for God? Those of us who have trusted in God's mighty power, those of us who have trusted in His mighty power, what's His mighty power? That we can be saved from the fires of hell. Just, just by confessing our sins to Him and then accepting Him as Lord, we are forever saved. That's power. We believe in a God who created the universe just by saying it. We we believe in a God who, who created the universe and, and, and if you look if you look at what the science is offering us to see, we are just our earth, our planet is at the perfect spot where it needs to be, where it can't be too it's not too close to the sun where it's gonna burn and no life will exist, or it's too far from the sun that it's going to be cold and no life can exist. We're just at the right spot because all of these things are created for us to enjoy, created by God. And His incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That's the full, complete thought of that. Yes, we live in a world that is ran by the devil, but we have a God. Our God is more powerful than the devil. That in His word, they will submit. The trials that we go through, God, or are going through, God allowed it. And God's the one that's going to see us through it. You know, we have the tendency to say and decide. We say it and we decide it. This We say, I just don't know if I can get over my smoking or my drinking, my smoking weed, my gambling habit. I just don't think I can get over it. The other thing that we say and decide, we made the decision when we say it, I can't seem to stay pure sexually. These lustful thoughts are always going to be with me. 
I'm just a dude. <laughs> my temper, my rage, they just seem to take control of me and I will never change. I got it from my mom. I got it from my dad. You know, those reasonings, if Paul hears it, Paul will respond this way. He, he will not pray, he will not pray this, Lord, give them power over their sin. He will not pray that. You know why? Because he would pray this, Lord, help them see the power they already have. Because you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The dominating power of the resurrected Christ is already in us. Romans 15, 13 reads, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confidence Hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, God is love, God is gracious, but God is powerful too. You know, every great story, every great movie is when the, the, the hero is supposedly getting beat up, right? But then it just creates the drama. You know, like, man, will he ever pull through? Is the hero of the story will ever pull through? Remember Ali? Ali during his fight with George Foreman in the rumble in the jungle. He was getting beaten up. If you were if you were watching it at real time, you think Ali was done for. He did the rope a dope. He was just lying on the ro the ropes and Foreman just kept pummeling on him. But then when Ali saw the window that George Foreman was already weak, Ali did his move, right? I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> and he knocked down the great George Foreman. After many rounds of taking the beating from Foreman, Ali won the fight. Folks, it does seem like that for us. It seems like Good is being beaten by the evil of this world. And we're being mocked on and laughed on, right? Laughed at. If you're a Christian, they laugh at you. I even had a person who doesn't believe in God told me that he's going to pray for me. So instead of sharing the gospel, I said, why pray? You don't even believe in him. <laughs> What a waste of time. What a contradictory statement. Principality, power, might, and dominion are all words that describe various categories of demonic entities and angelic beings. Jesus has power over them all. Can I say that again? Jesus has power over them all. And the same power that caused him to be resurrected is in you. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever I'm wrestling with, is tiny or minuscule compared to the power that was used to raise Christ from the dead 
and into heaven and to give him dominion over all. Therefore, if I'm in bondage or if you're in bondage, it's not because we need more power, but because we have failed to utilize that power that is already in us. We have failed to tap into the power that is already in us, folks, because you have neglected your scriptural reading and your scriptural study. You have neglected your prayer time. You have neglected God. We say, I'm addicted. God says, you're free. We say, I'm wounded. I'm hurt. God says, you're as whole. You're as whole as you need to be. We say, I need counseling. I'm depressed. I need drugs. I need a program. God says, you have me. Folks, we have God. We have the Holy Spirit. And our powerful God that parted the Red Sea, our powerful God that burned those sacrifices in front of those many people, is the same God that we are serving. That power that he raised Jesus from the dead is the same God that we are serving. Amen? So whatever you're going through, whatever you think you're going through, surrender to God. Tap into the power that is already in you and live for him. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you once again for your message. Thank you for reminding us about your power that is in us. Help us remember this truth, Lord God. Help us to see it with all of our hearts and our minds. In order for us to live for you in full surrender to your power and to your majesty. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have forgotten to live for you and to live under your power and thought that we can do it on our own. Forgive us, Lord God, for our lack of confidence in your power that is already in us. Lord, please heal those who are sick, help those who are in trouble. Strengthen those who are faithful. Restore those who are, have stumbled. Rescue and save those who are lost. We ask all these things in your son's powerful and mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all rise.